I'm Chris Barker. And I'm Will Betts. And this is the Music Tech My Forever Studio podcast. In this podcast, we speak with producers, DJs, audio engineers, and industry figureheads about their fantasy forever studio. The studio will have to be created within the confines of our completely non-arbitrary rules. And importantly, it's a studio our guests will have to live with forever. But what are these rules? Well, our guests can select a computer, a DAW, and an audio interface first. They're free. Then they can only choose six other bits of studio kit plus one luxury item. But Chris, what if they want to have several items together in, I don't know, a collection or something like that? No, no, no. No bundles! No bundles, that's the rule. Joining us today is Koo, a new collaboration project from Grammy-winning superstar producers Riton and Alex Metric. The debut single, How Could I Ever, was released on Diplo's Higher Ground label and is a modern take on Balearic House. But will their relationship remain harmonious as they try to build their forever studio? Let's find out. This is My Forever Studio with Koo. Welcome, guys. Hey, man. Hello, how are you doing? Very well, very well. Welcome to the pandemic podcast type <laughs> thing. <laughs> you heard the rules there on the intro. Okay. I mean, this is going to be the Koo Forever Studio, so there's going to have to be some compromises. I guess the first thing we always jump straight into is, is if you could build a studio anywhere in the world, any location, uh, and describe what the vibe and what it looks like and what it feels like. Um, what what would that be like? I mean, do you, do you both have similar views on you, you know your perfect location and how you like to work? You tend to go for a uh, less open space windows. You like a dark back back cave, don't you? Yeah, <laughs> I like no windows and no idea of what's going on in the outside world. In my perfect studio, yeah, that's what I would like. Um, and I think Henry is the other way on that. Yeah, I like a big bay window overlooking some glorious nature. Even if it's just a couple of pot plants. So, guys, so, yeah. well, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to compromise here. Like, uh, yeah, Im- immediate <laughs> skylight. Uh, yeah. Im- I can say immediately you have polarizing polarizing views yeah. of what you want. It's, it's tricky. Then what are you gonna do? It, funnily enough, actually, I'm just about to move into the studio right next to Alex's. It's a, it's almost exactly the same, but with a window. <laughs> oh, okay, well, yeah. and a door. <laughs> But where in the world would you have it? I guess, Alex, you don't care where it is if you're just in your bunker. Well, no, no. I'd like the option to be able to step outside into some rolling countryside with a beautiful view um, when I have a break. But certainly when I'm working, I just like to be cocooned off and not have any idea of what time of day it is, what the weather is, what... I, I don't know. I just... Anything that can help me, like, completely detach from from reality and uh and you know the rest of the world is is what i would look for and why is that exactly what are you what are you trying to achieve there is it sort of you, you want to be able to create your own vibe entirely or, or what uh, it's you know what it's just like i think for me creatively i just like to be in my own little bubble and i think uh knowing just being aware of what's going on outside of the studio for me is a distraction sometimes you know my old studio used to be on an industrial estate in the middle of nowhere and I really loved that because there was there was never people around there was never any sounds happening there was never there was never anything that took my attention away from what was going on in the room and now my studio is in the middle of uh Shoreditch Haggerston area mm-hmm. and it's great I love being here there's loads of plus sides to it but I don't like being able to hear people like walking past on their way to the pub or cycling past do you know you know what i mean it's just mm-hmm. like uh hearing bloody cyclists he, he, yeah hearing the rest of the world go rap go by i'm i don't really like I, I i like it just being me in my bubble so you, you're both well-traveled chaps then so where, where would you put it in the world if, if both of you had to pick a place like i mean i'm just thinking now but maybe you know one of those like super techno modern like sort of 
mid-century inspired, like flat, weird Scandinavian houses in Iceland would be kind of sick, wouldn't it? You know, those type of things <laughs> from like weird. Um, and then may, or maybe like if Alex wanted to keep it dark, maybe a bunker, but in Ibiza would be quite good. So you could like... <laughs> okay, I could do... I could do a bunker in Ibiza. My worry with Ibiza is that you'd, having a studio there, I don't reckon you'd ever get anything done because you'd always be... I wasn't planning on working uh, okay. all the time. <laughs> you, you do have forever, don't forget, as well. Like that's, <laughs> yeah. So, okay. so a, bu- yeah. a bunker, in, bunker Ibiza. in Ibiza. done, yeah. Okay. That kind of suits your new, your new project as well. <laughs> you know, it's, uh... I mean, ideally, like, I think like, having a couple of studios would be nice, wouldn't it? Seasonal ones. When it gets a bit too hot, well, nah. well that's a bu- well, well, that's a bundle. Oh, that you know. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I figured that was coming up. Okay, so and and what's the vibe inside then? You know, because studios can look very different. In, uh, you know, from the strong room kind of style to the space. Got to have a smack mat in it. <laughs> a what, a what, start for when you're just a bit too stoned and you got to have a nap in the afternoon. Okay. That's essential. <laughs> got to have a little bed. Yeah, maybe a chaise, a chaise lounge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> But apart from that, um, just the gear, really, isn't it? And as little and not too tidy. I was always told never to trust anyone with a tidy studio, and that's something that uh, I think is true. <laughs> who told you that? Ah, uh, the infidels. Really early on, when they were working with uh, who was it? You know, I think it was, came from Jags Kuna to the infidels, and then to me. And uh, I think there was always something weird about a really tidy, really uncluttered studio. I think it's like, I think it, all the maddest yeah. looking studios produce the best stuff. I reckon. Like, look at Arthur Need Arthur Russell's vibe. like Arthur Russell's studio looked crazy. It's just a mess of wires and broken shit. And then like, was he called? Um, was it Mad Professor? I think so. Or no, Lee Perry. Yeah. He's a guy who burnt his down because it was like he thought it was in, in a, had spirits had taken over it. Yeah, didn't. Didn't he used to bury, bury bits of equipment and then dig them back up yeah. and use them? Yeah, his, <laughs> his is just a really crazy. That's the ultimate yeah. weirdo studio, isn't it? With yeah. stuff stuck on the walls. and But uh, yeah. No, I like a bit of vibes and wires hanging around. I like it to be just full of the stuff you want to use to make music. But then, yeah, just yeah. like lying around, grab this, plug this in. You know? So we've got the vibe and the location. We're in, we're in Ibiza. What... Um, First thing you have to choose, these three first items don't count towards your six because every studio is going to need, I guess, a computer, an audio interface, and you're going to have to choose a DAW. Yeah. Um, So what's it going to be? A Mac PC? Are you going to go Atari? You know? Uh, Well, we're both both Mac laptop users, so that's pretty easy. Pretty, uh, both agree on that one. Yeah. Just uh, and do you both use the same door? Are we going to be choosing the same door or is this going to be an argument? No, Uh, both. No, Ableton. Oh, this is good. This is harm- Ableton, harmonious. Yeah. There, we're racing through that's, these ones. That's rare. And yeah. what about the audio interface? Is both use the same one? Both use Universal UAD Apollo. Yeah. But yeah, don't forget we are on the Forever Studio, so we can upsell ask your dreams. To you know, I don't really know anything about um, stuff like that because they don't really really excite me. Audio yeah, interfaces. Same. It's just one of those things you buy like a chair yeah. or something. <laughs> So I have to buy this chair. Don't really want it. Don't really not going to get a lot of joy from it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> but like I do, the Apollo seems to do everything that we need, and uh, we like you know Alex especially likes yeah, plugins. I, yeah. I mean, I use them too, and um, and then it's just good. Like the le- latency issues 
brilliant because obviously we track a lot of stuff from machines. So yeah, that's it. Just works fine for us. I'm sure there might be a better version around, but it's good for us. We try and upsell, um, but I, we will say like that's it's a popular choice on the podcast. Yeah. Most people go for the, the the UAD. I think, like you said, it's like the UAD comes with the software as well, and that software for me is like it's completely. Uh, vital to what i do I, I use all of the uad plugins on everything so but you wouldn't be getting all the plugins you'd only get what comes with the interface because of the bundle yeah. issue that we have here this is why we have this role okay yeah. but can i choose a plugin if i want to yes, later on the six yeah you can. yeah of course you can but yeah, it has yeah, to yeah. be a specific one yeah. okay one yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah you get the standard you get the standard stuff that comes out out of the box you get quite a lot as well now right i think on the yeah you do you get all like through like neve fake neves and yeah, stuff yeah. like that it's all right yeah and so you said that you're using these plugins a lot are you using the unison stuff and tracking through that or are you using the uh are you using them as plugins in ableton um both i actually record right. i record a lot of stuff i guess the difference between me and henry is like we both have a lot of analog synths um the way we process them is different. Henry uses a lot of outboard gear to process them. I use mm. a lot of plugins to process them. Uh, so for me, I record a lot of my synths through the UAD with plugins on and just record it in with reverbs and delays and stuff on. And especially for for vibe, getting things going, I always have plugins live on them um, rather than mm. doing it after I've recorded. Yeah. Okay. And I guess having the, the UAD, the low latency stuff, right? That's pretty handy. Yeah, I always like... I just I have a little chain that I normally go through and it's like um, through the uh, bay preamp and then into my uh, culture vulture and then into the like a compressor, either the distressor or um, the EMI, something like that. So again, this kind of opposite, not opposite, but different ways. Of... Yeah, because I, I use the thermonic culture vulture on pretty much every single synth I record in as well, just that mine's the plug-in one and henry's is the real one and does that cause beef henry do you feel superior no, having the hardware not at all <laughs> <laughs> no and to be honest like if i if i didn't have the if i if i didn't want to if i wanted to just waste money i'd probably buy the others too because they're just quite convenient if you just like just want to stick it on plus you know with like with lining up audio like when you're like doing multiple tracks of um the same thing layering them on top like new york compressions type of stuff things you know um that becomes quite difficult with uh using a door so like if you want to get around that a plugin will with the mix yeah. amount is quite a good way to do that so that's the one thing you can't really do with that that's why i like to get the signal in almost as much as as done as it needs to be and then uh, do do groups out to the to the chandler uh like com bus compressor plus we'll um we'll We'll jump between studios, so if we're working at mine, we'll use the plugins, and if we're working at Henry's, we'll use the real thing. So we end up with both being okay, on the records, cool. you know. You're going to have some difficult decisions then, guys. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're about to hit the six. What, what to buy yeah. later. Well, yeah. that's, that's the studio done. I, 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 mean, I mean, I wouldn't, what, just saying like now, I don't think I, there's anything that I like know of that I would want that I don't have. <laughs> Not like showing off or anything, but like there's only so many things that like make good flanging sounds yeah. and so many things that do good synths. And once you've got the ones that you like, then I think you're pretty happy. I think I'm sure, sure Alex is probably going to be picking from things that he actually uses and has now as well. Yeah, we did. The other day we were saying that if we could have a 
a new bit of equipment for coup it was oh. a synclavier wasn't it that, yeah um yeah the, you just got the Arturia. I just got the Arturia V collection, and I've been using the Synclavia synth on it a lot, and it just fills in this massive gap between mine and Henry's synth collection of of a sound that we just don't have. It sounds like nothing else, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we were saying maybe if we were to get a new synth for the project, like something with that weird yeah. sampled FM thing to it, would be cool. Yeah. You know? Is that that could be your item number one? I guess item number one of your six. So this is this is the list that starts counting down. Are you going to go for 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 a yeah. synclavier? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I think that is yeah. a good one. I think that's one that we both would like, and we've both been like messing around with and eyeing up on uh, on the websites to see how much they are. It's going for about ten k at the moment. So have Ooh. to do have to do half a remix of that won't we Alex <laughs> um, yeah it just sounds so good man I, I was really not familiar with it at all until I got the Arturia collection and uh, I thought I kind of knew you know had a rough idea of most synths and what they sounded like and what was out there but yeah I'd never come across it and it's just just sounds like nothing else I think it's a combination of like sampling sampled waveforms and uh, pulse width maybe and like analog filters and stuff like that. So it's it's one of those really great sort of hybrid, early hybrid synths. Like I was thinking that something like that you could achieve a sort of similar sound from would be the the emu yeah. uh, keyboard. What's it? The, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the Ferris Bueller emulator. Sense. Emulator two is it or something? Yeah. It's like like yeah that one. Like because that has that has that thing or a Fairlight. I mean I think what the thing is the um, the uh, Synclavier was like a a cheaper, like a more affordable Fairlight. So can we upsell you to a Fairlight? Upsell your dreams. No, well, I think, well, I like them. It's not, it's not FM, is it? The, like, it's the FM sound I like to the Synclavier as well. Well, I don't think it's FM either, the Synclavier. It's just weirdly, it's got weird samples in it. Oh, it's got. Which makes it sound. A, the plug's definitely got like FM. Does it? it? Maybe it does. Yeah, yeah. I don't know enough yeah. about it. Um, I f- Yeah, I thought it was sampled waveforms. And like I don't know, but anyway, it sounds doesn't sound like anything we've got access to at the moment, does it, Alex? No, no, no. It's amazing, man. Uh, we've yeah. you know we've been using it on a few things as well, so it's uh, very nice. The soft synth's great, but yeah, we'd like a real one. Okay, Synclavier then. Sure, yeah. sure you're not going to go for the Fairlight, sure. Mm, go from yeah. ten grand to a hundred no grand or something, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's no budget, right? No budget, no budgets. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, I mean, I think we 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 don't have enough. Uh, knowledge on the fairlight to know if we want one yet i'm sure we'd love it too but and but let's go for this get this locked in item number one yeah down. Let's, let's go for it i'm down okay item number two um just to remind you you're gonna need some speakers or some headphones i'm guessing speakers <laughs> Speakers. no we'll just use a little jbl charge bluetooth one or something <laughs> if, or just use play out the <laughs> laptop speakers if we've got to waste one item yeah. on speakers, speakers, are, again, to me, is like buying an audio <laughs> interface. Not very exciting. Yeah, I'm totally with, I'm really with Henry on that. Like, for me, speakers are just a functional part of, of like, oh, I need some speakers. Yeah. It's not something that I obsess over. It's not something that I research and really care that much about. Yeah. Like, um, I, I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't mix my own stuff. I mean, get it up to a great standard, but someone else mixes it. So I'm just not that. Yeah, exa- exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> it's like, we'll just give it to Kevin. 
we'll just mix it on the laptop speakers and give it to our mate Kev to master. Yeah, we have a great engineer that... That is a nice <laughs> controversial choice on the podcast. No speakers, <laughs> just use the laptop speakers. That's the first. I like it. Well, I mean, yeah, I just, I, th- I think... I'd I'd rather have like the options of way more creative stuff. I guess we do need speakers though. So should we just? I'm gonna say, could you actually vibe? I mean, yes, you can play them out of the Mac speakers, and if you're not mixing it, that's no. cool. But you just can't vibe on a sound. No, no, no. We definitely need speakers, but like, it's just not that important to us as as much as yeah. some producers I think would probably um, really care. Uh, so what you're both using now? You're using the same or? No, I've got KRK. VXT6s and I've got a pair of ATCs which I kind of jump between but mostly I just use the KRKs to be honest and I I love them I've used them for years and years they're just vibey as hell what did you have when I yeah back back in the day yeah. when I saw you still had that yeah yeah 100% would have had yeah well not the same pair because I've got another pair for my wow. DJ fit now but yeah exactly the same you know same model of speakers just they sound good and I enjoy listening yeah. to music I've, 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 I've just me. got some vocals just because they're like, I think they're about four and five hundred quid, not too expensive. Um, maybe a bit more, but not too much. And then, um, but yeah, they seem to be fine. Look fun to work on, um, nice and bassy. And then, um, uh, but the only ones I've seen them maybe could like Kev, who does our mastering. He's got those turbo vocals, doesn't he? Those ones that go floor to ceiling. And also, my friends actually Johnny, who I work with too, has got an even like a middle ground pair of focals that are like about three times the size of sort of a desktop speaker you know really nice they seem to be good this brand the twin sixes with their two yeah maybe that i think they're the twins yeah they've got the two um three-way speaker basically yeah and you what they, they're sort of wide and flat exactly okay. they're good they sounded great so we're going to pick pluck, pluck one out of the sky if you need some speakers what, what we're going to go for what's the model I know you say you don't care, but we have to we have to commit to something. <laughs> Let's go for those focal twins. Yeah, sounds That's good right, to me. Yeah. yeah, as long as they're yeah. loud and uh, make me yeah, uh, make me grimace when I listen to them, <laughs> then I'm down. Yeah, cool. <laughs> focal twin six Bs. I think they are. Are they will? Let's do that. That's how fun we are as company. We know model numbers of speakers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so item number three. Oh, do you know what, Henry? I thought when I was thinking about this this morning, I thought a three hundred three is probably quite a good one to throw in there yeah we've got yeah. to have that don't we we've been using we it that. a lot especially on coup stuff we've been using it a lot and uh yeah i mean i've only just really discovered like i've never i think until coup i've never used a 303 on a record in my career at all which is kind of weird but i just never don't know why never have done and uh yeah now it's become indispensable really my, i spent my entire life with synthesizers and that's like 20 years <laughs> Of always just trying to make the synthesizer sound like a 303. So as soon as I got one, I was like, well, that's saving <laughs> a lot of time. I actually got one that was like modified. So it's all got CV gate. Um, I think, I don't know which one it is. Oh, it like, is the, de- like that, the devil fish mod. Got, um, yeah, it's yeah. got that. So you can sync, you can uh, trigger the accent, the slides, um, uh, CV gate and something else. Well, oh, the fil- filter. So, did you buy you 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 bought the original Roland three hundred three? Yeah, it's the original one, but it was modified. Nice. Actually, ready ready modified. It's brilliant. So it's actually like because it's such a pain. I can program it like on the thing, but it's just such yeah. a pain in the ass. Like, um, it's just much easier to send MIDI. Yeah, to. <laughs> it's brilliant. Yeah. 
and then I can, you know, I can still get exactly the same vibe. And in fact, like combining it with like a analog sequencer as well, which is clocked to the MIDI, I can have it like pulsing the accents and slides on different notes throughout the pattern over, you know, different time signatures and stuff. Make some quite sick stuff, but it still sounds exactly like a 303. And I've heard all the plugins, they're all right. They're not, they're not, they don't sound like a 303 to me, but they sound good, but they're not a 303. But it's, um, do you think, do you worry like, well, not worry, but like you say it sounds like a 303. Cause I think the reason a lot of people didn't use them for ages is because you could just hear that's a 303. They're, they're 303 you could hear it on records immediately and then it became like well it's the electric guitar of of synthesizers isn't it yeah yeah to me it's just so definitive and but i think it's no no i think it's i i love it i mean it's not everything you want to have like a tweaking acid line for it but like it's really good for bass lines it's just got one of the best filters mm. yeah going it's just and the oscillator and filters sounds brilliant what i was doing be- before i had it i used to just use the 101 and the 101 has a yeah this, the sequencer in it, which you can get it to sound pretty close, but you're missing the um, the accents, which really 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 make a difference. But you can get a pretty good effect from it for one. And the slides as well. It doesn't have the slides on the. No, it has slides. Okay. You can program slides on it. All right, that's cool. But um, it's the accent yeah. that like really makes it jump out. And there's something about it. Like obviously, the filters go way more extreme. I think. But what? What I was trying to what I was trying to say is like so you you definitely want it to sound because there was a period where a lot of artists had them and they were trying to make them not sound like three hundred threes if you know what I mean because they were like oh mm. um, but you you guys are very much like that's the reason you have it you want that exact sound yeah, yeah. totally and it, you know what you were saying about um, that people wouldn't use them because they just sound like three threes that was totally my attitude for most of my producing life has been like I don't want to use a three hundred three on a record because it just sounds like an acid track and like you know that that's all it will ever sound like but actually now i don't know what it is i just i've really grown to love that sound and i want that not that we've done anything straight up acid with the 303 on the coup records we've always used it as part of a of a, a bigger palette of sounds do you know what i mean um but i love it now and i think i think most of our things end up having a 303 on them in in some way you know i like to use it as like not necessarily straight on the bass um sort of zone like i like to go a bit higher than that with it and use it as like sort of a counter melody sort of thing or whatever little arpeggio thing sounds i mean i love it I, f- I find it very flexible and it's just immediately sounds great so on the single we've got uh we've got a 303 on how could i ever and that's not i mean you wouldn't listen to that and think it's particularly a, yeah. a track that, yeah. that needs acid but it's just got this it's a nice bubbling little arpeggio in it you know yeah, yeah. i think bubbling is is the word i was yeah i was gonna say it's kind of a it's quite a soft way to use the 303 on that record right yeah, yeah. like yeah it's nice um cool big love for the 303 so we're gonna go for 303 with the i think it's the devilfish mod it sounds like with you know the cv and midi and all that yeah. Kind of stuff yeah nice so what what what's that what are we up to will that's uh 303 was number three so we're up to Was it three? Four. Oh, because speakers were part yeah. of our thing. Yeah, okay. yeah, sorry. It's a shame we have to use speakers as part of our creative yeah. palette. I don't yeah. necessarily even have to hear what I'm doing. I'm so good at music. <laughs> Just like, sort of go to the synth, start messing around. It's in there. I can see the waveform. Yeah, yeah that's about in time. <laughs> that's, Kevin? that's fine, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I th- I've got a feeling Kevin might be your luxury item. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. We're, we're bullshitting, man. We, we get, it, it can't give it to him less than 98% done, but he does no, make it sound uh, finished. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
So I, item number four, then, guys. What what we what we what we on next? What do you reckon, Henry? One of your outboard bits. Well, we've only got one synth so far. Oh yeah. So and we're going to need a poly, but let's. We, maybe we should just. Should we stick with the your one, your poly? Yeah, the the Jupiter Eight. The nice. we've got a few choices uh, between us. We've got some nice poly synths. We've got uh, the Oberheim OB6. Got the CSA E. Um, you got CSA the, the, the Deckard Stream one. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, like oh, just that. A Jupiter Six. Just that one. How do you find that Deckard Dreams? We um we had Claude von Stroke on last uh, week, uh, and he wasn't keen on it. He uh, he wasn't a fan. He sent it. It's, uh, I, well, I haven't heard his music ever sound like Vangelis, <laughs> so I'm not surprised. Yeah, I think I think he was surprised as well. Like <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 it's like it, it. Why I don't? He only writes bass lines on his songs, doesn't he? He wouldn't. It wouldn't be something useful for him. Well, I don't. Well, think. he actually switched it for the. Um, Oh, what was it? Well, the the that um, Hydra synth. Yeah, don't was, know that, right? Oh, I don't know that. But yeah, it's um, it's a completely new brand. But check it out, guys. Uh, yeah, Hydra synth. Like we've we've all been really impressed by it. It's only about two k. It's not crazy, crazy money. What is it? Um, no, is it supposed to be a CSA? No, it's something quite no, different. No, 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 it's it's completely no. its own thing. It's just a big right. poly. Um, poly. I don't think it's analog though. Is it? Well, it's digital. I think it's right? digital. It's, yeah, it's it's a digital wave morphing synth. Wait, yeah, wait. I, I honestly find that the the CSA. I used to have a, a real CS50, which I loved, yeah. and I had that mod, MIDI um, re- retrofitted. It was brilliant. The CS80 is really good. It's it's not exactly like a CS80, but I don't. And it's worth not having a real CS80 because it's obviously way too big, yeah. and like gonna go out of tune and break all the time, and just like it's not gonna be fun. This one's has for sure the exact tonality if you want to do. That Vangelis synth sound, you can absolutely get that out of it, one hundred percent. So, which I do like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so what's it going to be, guys? Because I mean, you've got some good. I mean, the Ju- Jupiter yeah, Eight I is think, a monster as well, isn't it? I think we'll go for the Jupiter. It's got to be the Jupiter. I think so. Jupiter Eight. I used to have a Jupiter Eight, but I wasn't crazy about it because I didn't have MIDI for it. Mm. But once it's got MIDI, it's a different. Yeah, I mean, fish, isn't it, Alex? I uh, I bought it this about seven years ago, maybe. And I don't think there's really a record I've made that hasn't had it on since, you know? It's just just sounds amazing. It's my go-to every time I'm working with anyone, every time I'm working on a record, it's always like turn on the Jupiter 8 and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. I used to find it a bit cheesy, a bit like Juno-ish sound and like but it really isn't actually. It really isn't. You can get some really great stuff from it. Yeah, you know, because that real big like eighties poly can just be a bit naff sometimes. But yeah. the way Alex uses it is very. You, you can't you can't really even tell it's a particularly a Jupiter. You can if you listen to it on its own, but it just sounds really big. Do you Wicked. know what I mean? And so, what are you using it for exactly? What sort of parts are you are you programming with the? I mean the everything. Uh, ba- yeah, bass lines. sometimes chords, are good on it. Aren't like they? leads, literally, that synth sounds great doing anything. Actually, I, I guess. I guess I use it mostly for for poly stuff, but I did a remix the other day, and I, I, it made me think uh, not not for Kuv, a, a solo thing. And I, I every sound on that remix was my Jupiter Eight, and it made me think. I was like, "Geez, seven years on, I'm still using this for absolutely everything." You know, um, I think that's a testament to that machine. I I, I think yeah. if I sold yeah. every single bit of kit in my studio, I I would. I'd never sold the Jupiter and I could let everything else go to an extent, but that would be 
hard to get rid of. That is a big sell for whites in there then. Yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, I remember when I bought it, the guy, I bought it off someone in Belgium and he drove it over for, all the way from Belgium and it felt like such a special day, like waiting for the synth to be driven across Europe and then he turned up and opened the boot of his car. It was, uh, yeah, it was amazing, man. Was it like the scene at the end of uh, Pulp Fiction where they opened the suitcase? Pulp, yeah, the, <laughs> totally. The golden glow. <laughs> nice. So item number five, what are we going to go for? All right, I'll 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 pick one of mine, I think. Um I'm going to go for the uh, Eventide H3000, mm. model H3000. You know, that um, it's like a harmonizer, reverb, yeah. effects, delay, all that stuff, but the actual unit, not the plug-in, for sure. So you actually have you have this already? Yeah, yeah. Are you, nice. I've had it, and again, it's almost like, for me, like the way he uses his Jupiter, I think I've used that on on every single record since I bought it in some way. I find it really good because you can like do some sort of live automation with the wow. send and um, with feedbacks and stuff like that, and some quite interesting. Like I do like it's like a sort of multi effects in a way, so you can get some really really cool shit on it. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like just got a sound yeah. that's really metallic and weird and clangy sometimes. And it doesn't. It's not necessarily the best chorus or the best reverb from any of those things but with the harmonizing uh and all that stuff it's and just the general sort of tone the sort of gritty digital sound weird sort of feedbacky digital stuff it's good it just sounds great so using that on vocals too yeah obviously like use i used to i I kind of cut down on it a bit but i was obviously using the um the uh micro shifting on a lot of vocals um, and also on a lot of synths and everything. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's really good for that subtle, subtle widening, or even really big sort of eighties widening. What led you to buy it? Like, um, that's always an interesting story. Like, how you know? Did you? It was probably from going to Soulwax's studio. I think. I was. Gonna, I think when yeah, I was gonna say when I first interviewed you, you had like a was it a Korg three thousand two hundred from from Dave at Soulwax? And well, no, I sold it to him. Oh, that was it that way. Right? But no, I bought it and then he co- copied me and bought the. The one above it that's slightly more expensive. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> Flexing. <laughs> to show off. <laughs> Big flex. Typical. But um, yeah, it was probably through them guys and just like they had all the out... They, those guys had all the outboard gear. So I was like just seeing what was what. But that's not something particularly you'd think of as a soul waxy type thing. But I don't know. I can't really remember where I first came across that. But I just was like, what is this? And and then everything I was tried on it just seemed to be really good. And it, and since then, I've just used it all the time. Okay, so, final item. Hmm. This is where it gets tough. I mean, it's got to be another synth, I guess, Henry. What do you think? Yeah. And I, Well, I was just thinking then, we both really love... So we don't have to have this now, do we? It's something we could want. Oh, what, you're going to dream up a device? Well, no, no, no. Just, I mean, that, like, it's not... It, we don't have to actually own this right now, do we? No, no. It's it's usually things that people don't own. Okay. Absolutely. It's just you guys are flexing with all your posh synths. <laughs> we, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, we... um, Henry has a clone ARP 2600, which we both really love. Uh, and I've always wanted an ARP 2600. Yeah. I, I feel like if I had an... A two ARP two six hundred and a Jupiter. I'd never want anything else. So yeah, maybe. Sorry. Right, so maybe let's go for a real ARP two six hundred. Right. Couldn't agree more. So what's what's the clone that you have? It's a Mini Meanie. 
um, 2,600. They made about 1,000 of them about f- four years ago. Yeah. They're like, it's really good. It's actually what Dave and Solwax guys use on, on stage for their like live setup. It's And it does sound pretty damn close to it. Sounds an, uh, amazing. It sounds really good, but I used to have a real one, and it's better. <laughs> Sorry. It just sounds so good, the original. I'd say it's like 20% better for some reason. How did you end up with an original, and how did you end up without it? What happened? Oh. When I was living in uh, New York, it was my studio, me and my studio partner had ah. it. And um, that was, yeah, so it was his. And uh, when I used to use it every single day, it, it was, it's almost, it's got, almost got too much character and it sounds really, really old, like Winston Churchill levels <laughs> synthesizer. But it's like, um, it's brilliant. And we were just in the studio the other day mixing with Mark Ralph, weren't we, Alex? And yeah. um, he had one, and I just, when he was out at the bathroom or whatever, I turned on his and had a little play around with it. And I was like, because it's got built-in speakers, maybe it's just the built-in speakers are better on the old ones than the new one. But when you start, when I started playing with his, I was like, ah, it is kind of better. But mine's still absolutely great, isn't it? I mean, we, I've just been using it now. This morning, yeah, remix. I use it a lot of the times on for bass lines. It's just, and also had mine sort of modified beyond the original patch because the one we had in in New York had been modified. It had to, uh, you could sync oscillator two and one and two to three. So I've got the guy who built mine to put in that feature too. So that's got that really good like synky. I don't know many people who've got an uh, ARP twenty six hundred with sync. Maybe the new Korg one has sync. I'm not sure. Don't know actually. I don't, does it have? I think yeah, it might do. Although actually, I can imagine they just did a completely faithful recreation of that, didn't they? Yeah, because yeah. I reckon they did. And mine was mine was was that, but it's but it got fucked with. It is honestly, I think it is probably the as almost as close as you can get to the art. But just the fact that they're like fifty years old now, they just have this yeah. crazy weird sound. Yeah, I mean, I'm always, I don't know if it's true, but my, I always like to believe that these recreations of things, they're going to sound good and they're going to sound close, but like, yeah, my MS-20, for example, has 30 years of dirt and dust and grime on the, on the circuits, the pots, the, what you know, I just, I think these recreations are great, but having that history and that that dirt and grime and dust in the sound really does count for something. I've never heard an MS-20 recreation that sounds as good as as my original MS-20. And just That's to jump in, I've never seen anybody ride a white noise like Alex Metric does <laughs> when, he's putting, when he's using high and low pass at the same time. Hell yeah. He's really quite a master. <laughs> but I guess it's like vintage guitars. Like there's genuine vintage guitars and then there's ones that are like, you know, modern vintage guitars where they like mm. fake age yeah. them and mm. they try and sell like, you know, and it's like, this on, it's very subtle and they're both good. It's just like, there is a slight difference. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Time really does change things, doesn't it? And I think yeah. it's like, I think also it's what gives you the conviction to use something. So like mm-hmm. maybe that MS, my, maybe my MS-20 doesn't sound any different to newer ones, but I believe it does, and that gives me the confidence to use it. <laughs> exactly. Do you know what I mean? So I'm like, God, this this sounds amazing, so I'm going to use it. So to be honest, that's enough. That belief within me to think that it sounds better is is enough justification for, for using it, you know? Do you think that's why you guys uh, like synths and instruments as well generally? It's like it's even if you don't end up using that hardware, it's like walking into a room with it like immediately 
generates that feeling of right we're making music now and I'd, i'd say that's a part but i also think me and henry work in a very similar way in that uh we like creating opportunities for accidents and weird stuff to happen like you know, we, you, uh, for me, I might not always go in knowing exactly what I'm going to do on a track, but I'll start, I'll open up a synth, start messing about with no real idea of where it's going to go. And suddenly the synth will create something that sounds great. And then you'll hit record and there's a track there, you know? Yeah. So for me, it's like, it's create, it, it creates random surprises and things you wouldn't expect. And that's where all the really good ideas come from uh, that, yeah, for me, it's where most of my good ideas come from, you know? Yeah, you should. Like it's nice to let the um, synthesizers direct yeah. you a little bit. Do you know what I mean? And the machines like point, let you know, guide you or yeah. guide you on your way a little bit. Because there's stuff that they'll do that you'd never like would program as a MIDI thing. Yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean? Or play on the keyboard. But I, I mean, I, at the same time, you know, I like the electronic stuff. To just, I don't like just all this like weird like bleeps and crazy modular stuff for the sake of it. Like I still think like. The synthesizer should still be have a catchy tune to yeah. it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so I, I think you're right about like walking into a room and having a bunch of synths in there. Definitely, like that adds to what we're saying about having a a tidy studio and stuff. Like walking into a room full of old gear instantly creates a vibe. Whereas if you walk into a room and it's a pair of speakers and a laptop, it's like, oh, where's the? I don't know. Mm. Just doesn't inspire me that much. It's like when I'm in LA, I love renting out like old studios, classic Hollywood studios that have like you know history to them and and a vibe i think it's really important for for me personally yeah no totally i mean again that's a, something that's often repeated on the podcast i think people yeah yeah um so before we uh do the final rundown um let's just talk about q and like how that started then i mean did that start did did did, did the track start and then you decided to make it into a whole new project or did was the project come first like we should do something that's like this well it was a very organic thing. A, f- a friend of mine recommended that I work with a singer, Shun Goodzo, who who you know is part of the band. Um, and I was working, and I was uh, I was working and living with Henry at the time, and uh, so we like we did the session together. We wrote two songs in the first day we worked together with Shun. Uh, like six months later went to LA, wrote a couple more songs with her, and suddenly it was like, hang on, we've got kind of five, six records here that are all amazing. We all get on well. We love working together. Like, maybe this is the thing. So the whole thing's been very natural. There was no premeditated plan to it at all. It's just really, really gradually evolved and turned into something. Um, so the fact that it's sort of that modern Balearic house sound as, as, as sort of, well, as, as your fantastic press guy would describe... Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's come from... But that's just by accident. I, what I mean is you... Di- Again, that's just by accident. It was not premeditated yeah, and not... I can, I can trace that back to the first session we ever did, actually. We wrote a song called Lucky and we were... We, we put that, the, the rave bird, as me and Henry call it, but there's like a... What's that old... There's a sample that was used in a lot of classic old house... Yeah, that was actually from a Fairlight. Yeah, there's there's a bird sample that's Talking used in a, in a lot of classic old house records. What what's the most famous use of it? It's um 808 State used it. Is it in Pacific State? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so we put that in the first record, and I think that sort of ended up taking us, uh, maybe sort of leading us down that path a bit. And um, 
at the time we were I was pretty obsessed with like sort of late 80s early 90s house and was listening to a lot of it and um I don't know I think it's just something that's naturally happened rather than us having any premeditated choice for it to be like that but it's certainly made it a lot easier writing music for coup and yeah. working on the project as it's gone on because we've got confines and we've got a set of parameters exactly, and yeah. sonic rules to work within that's also sort of defined by shun's voice as well do you know what i mean it's like just fits that type of yeah yeah more slightly emotional music nice and so um is the plan post pandemic to to tour it around as well is would that be yeah we'll just you know there's no massive massive plans as such we're just we're just seeing how it goes we've got a lot of music to release um we got the next single finished we've got another like four or five records that are all single worthy to come um and you know let's just see see how people respond to it i mean the response has been awesome so far like really stoked with with how people seem to be digging it and um yeah i mean i'd love to do a live show one day but I just want to do it when when there's a demand for for that, you know, when and if. When no one's going to cough on me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Will, can you do? Can you you set the scene, do the rundown? Let's let's build this forever studio before we get onto the luxury item. And um, one thing to bear in mind is you don't have to stick with all of these right now because I realize you, there was a plugin you wanted to grab. Um, Alex, and there was also you don't have a microphone. I don't know if that's going to be a problem, but just bear that in mind as we go through the list, okay? iPhones are fine, aren't <laughs> yeah. they? 2020's U47. Do the rundown. We're in a bunker in Ibiza with a day bed. Perfect already, <laughs> the, yeah. Okay, done. Uh, <laughs> you're running a Mac laptop. You can have the, the biggest, best one that exists, a MacBook Pro with all, all the trimmings. Running into an Apollo X16, because that gives you enough Sweet. inputs. You're running into Ableton Live, and connected to all of this fun stuff is a Synclavier. Listening back on Focal Twin 6BE monitors, you have also selected the electric guitar of synthesizers, the Roland TB303. You have a Roland Jupiter for all of your, all of your sounds. Jupiter 8, sorry quite right for effects you're going with the eventide h3000 and you have also elected to have a vintage arp 2600 modded ah psych because we got free reverb (laughs) (laughs) i was just thinking we didn't have any reverb or anything there's a spring reverb built into the arp isn't it bosh there you go (laughs) and isn't there some crusty reverbs in there H three thousand, yeah. Yeah, there's loads of reverbs in the in. The, that's a good thing that H three thousand's quite does all that stuff. Yeah, good reverbs, flat choruses, and all that. Could do with a few more flangery things, but there's only six. So what can you do? Oh mate, I'm I'm gonna miss your um. What's the the thing the primal taps based on that? Uh, it's that called a prime delay. time. Prime time, geez, yeah. that thing is. What, what's that? Banging. I don't know what that is. Prime time old delay. It's a 1977 flanger. digital delay. Like with, I think it samples at like four bits or something. It's what the you know, say the Primal Tap plugin that's on. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's but that's what that's based on. Ah, it's a lexicon. Okay. Okay. So now, now the final item isn't a bit of gear. It's a luxury item. So you know something that you would have in the studio or you've always had in studios that maybe isn't gear related or not a music making thing. PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> Um, something we've always had. No, definitely a PlayStation. All right, let's, yeah, let's have a bit of a... PlayStation 5. That's interesting. 
So Alex doesn't want Windows because he gets distracted, but he wants a PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just imagining, well, you know, when there's two of us working, the other one might want to have a little quick waz around on Grand Theft Auto or might, something. Might do. Might do. <laughs> <laughs> a PlayStation. Yeah, you need to have some perspective, you know? Yeah. So it's good for somebody to be murdering someone at the same time. <laughs> Just yeah. about the highs and lows. The f- which one's high, which one's low. I'm worried we don't have a mic now, but I suppose we can work around that. <laughs> yeah. And who needs a mic when you've got Grand Theft Auto? Right? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> exactly. I'm I'm sure the PlayStation has some kind of built-in mic now, don't they? On the built- yeah, it's built into the, into the handset, man. Oh, yeah. You don't even have to get off the couch to record your <laughs> there vocals. There you go. All your vocals recorded through a, a PlayStation handheld controller. That that be yeah. I mean, nice. I'm saying I'm saying this, but I do like I'm. Uh, we both have switches and playstations, and I do make a point of never bringing my switch to the to the studio because I know how addicted I get to these things, and I'd never get anything done. But actually, Henry's got a PlayStation at his place when when we work, and we still get shit done, don't we? Yeah, maybe just take half an hour out in the middle for a second. Yeah, it's quite nice to go and have a have a little drive around and then come back and uh, have yeah. some perspective. Well, and you know, you have forever, so there's no rush. There's no rush. I can spend forever on a PlayStation. So are we immortal in this studio? Is that <laughs> is that what you're saying? In this mad world that we're creating here, are we immortal uh... gods living in our studio bunker in Ibiza? Because I'm going to say I'm going to say immortal, but like Highlander style immortal. So, so you know, if somebody don't... chops off your head. Okay, yeah. Yeah, cool. So we just yeah. stay away from swords then, and we can make beats forever. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> nice, excellent. Well, that's that's the end of the, the My Forever Studio podcast, guys. Thanks so much for joining no us. Worries. It's, Thanks, mate. It's been, it's been a nice nerdy blast as usual. <laughs> Thank are you. you. Are you shipping it to Henry's address or my address? All the gear. Yeah. Well, no, it's going to Ibiza to the bunker, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I will email you the address. Of that oh, okay, bunker. cool. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's been dug as we speak. Okay. Thank you. Forge us some quarantine yeah, papers. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> some fake test results nice <laughs> cool alright then guys thank you very much cheers alright cheers thanks so much bye All right, thank you don't forget if you're enjoying the My Forever Studio podcast make sure you subscribe using your favourite podcasting app and maybe even give us a five star review yes please joining us next time is super producer and household name Butch Vig as I'm sure everyone knows already Butch is the legendary producer behind Nirvana's Nevermind and a founding member of the band Garbage amongst many many other accolades and we are honoured to have him on the show yeah I'm super excited about this one Will um, I'm going to have to restrain my inner fanboy though uh, I look forward to hearing that thanks very much for listening everyone <laughs> and tune in next time for more adventures into Studio Foreverdom bye bye Bye.